0: relationship like he's like finally be strong be strong be strong in the lord and as, as paul is writing this he is sitting in house arrest. he writes this he's actually sitting in in prison and he's writing these words and they say that ephesians sounds very different from his other letters because this is the first letter that he had to had a chance to write like fully processing his thoughts like he galatians is the is like he wrote galatians like i write a angry text right like like when I'm like when when Mina will, will say something, but like, oh how dare she? I'll be like you know like you know how you throw off a text like really quick like like Galatians is like that. He's like he's heated. He's like dude, like who has bewitched you? Like who is messing with your minds, Galatians, right? Because because they started to believe in a gospel that was different from that was being taught by Jesus, and so he's like he writes off this fiery letter, and so it's it's like it's like very like you know like on the spot he wrote it very quickly. But Ephesians is a letter that. You can actually tell that, like, I have cookie crumbs on my face, but I just ate a cookie. Sorry. Uh, he's actually, like, has this, like, like, a lot of time to write this. So it's very well developed. It's broken off into, like, two sections. And within the two sections, he has – it's like it's like his thesis. It's like if he had to write, like, the best term paper that he had ever had to write for your college students, this would be it. This is the one that is, like, this is going to give him an A as he graduates, right? And And as he's writing this, he's sitting in prison – and he and he actually knows he's probably gonna die. Cause there's a part where he's like, you know what? Like, like, the, like everybody is telling me don't go to Jerusalem, but my spirit, Holy Spirit in me, is telling me to go. And and he's, Holy Spirit is telling me that if I go, I'm gonna be in prison. I'm probably gonna be beaten, and I'm probably gonna be put to death. But I still go anyway. Right? I go out of this this overflow that he has for the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's going. So he's sitting in prison, and and he's looking back, and he's ha- he's lived this life where. He's been beaten, like he describes in Corinthians about how he was beaten, how he was whipped, how he was shipwrecked. He was like abandoned by his friends. He got persecuted by the Jews. He got persecuted by the Gentiles. He was beaten so bad one time that in Acts he was left for dead. They're like, dude, this guy is dead. Let's just let's just move on. And then he just gets up, he dusts off his clothes, and he and he continues to do what he's done. He's lived this life of just fighting and and going after and spreading the gospel and and he actually like he he he's lived this life that's like beyond like you know just like the ordinary and he knows that as he was going through the struggle as he was going through all of the persecution getting beaten getting whipped he knew that the strength that he had to do and endure this did not come from himself he knew that it wasn't paul and the ability to for paul to be able to withstand like, like this torture and withstand all of this like getting being hungry being cold you know he, it wasn't Paul it was actually the Lord the the, the strength that he had to in, in, endure and persevere came from the Lord and he says so be strong in the Lord be strong in his might the strength that he has to fight is not from him but it's from God and Paul talked about it earlier he says that according to to the riches of His glory, and He may grant you to be strengthened with power through the, the through His Spirit in your inner being. Right? That's from earlier on in Ephesians. He's talking about like I I hope that that I hope and I pray. He's actually praying for them that the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and that there will be a strength that rises up inside your inner being, like inside where 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 you're the center of who you are is. I pray that there will be a strength there for you to fight, for you to endure, for you to, to go after the things of God. He tells us to be strong. He tells us to stand. Now why does he tell us these things? Why does he tell you to be strong? Why does he tell you to stand? Why? Is it because like we want to be strong like the weightlifters, like Arnold Schwarzenegger? You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger at his prime was probably the most jacked person I've ever seen, right? Who, who's seen Arnold Schwarzenegger at, at his prime? Like, it's like in the 70s. Where he did that movie, Hercules, and he became Mr. Olympia. That movie was jacked. I don't think anybody has ever been that big, right? But are we to be strong so that we could be like Arnold Schwarzenegger standing up on that stage, like doing the pose? You know, and then, and then they move on to this. Is, is that why we are to stand? Or is that, is that why we need to be strong so that we could do this? I, I don't look good because I'm really fat. But like somebody else, somebody else. imagine I was really thin and really buff, right? Is that, is that why we're supposed to, to, to be strong? No. Paul tells us to be strong and to stand because we have a fight ahead of us. There is a fight ahead of us. As we continue to run this race, as we continue to, to go after God, as we continue to, to, to walk with Jesus and pick up our cross, there is a fight ahead of us. This is Paul ending his letter to the Ephesians with a battle cry, like on Braveheart. Right? Remember when Braveheart, when he stands before is like, they may take my land, but they can now take my freedom. Ah! And they all run. Ah! Like, it's like that battle cry. He's like, you know what, be strong in the Lord. Be strong and take your stand. Because not only will, will there be tough times, not only will there be struggle, not only will you have to fight, but there's actually an enemy that is actually against you. This is, this is a, a, a metaphor that he uses many times in, in, the, in his letters. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high, and every high thing. From 2 Corinthians 10. Paul knew that the Christian life would be a battle, a fight, a war. And it is. We are called to fight. That word that Paul uses wrestle it, some some uh versions call it struggle. we do not struggle against flesh and blood, but that word is actually to wrestle right and the definition in the Greek is a contest between two in which each endeavors to throw the other and which is decided when the victor is able to hold his opponent down with his hand upon his neck, so it's like not just like fighting like like you know like with a gun or anything like that or a bone arrow it's like fighting literally the the most primal most like 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 you know like the the like the like the if we you're fighting for your life and somebody it's like like man on man like body on body and somebody's actually try to try to wrestle you and and like make you submit under his will i wrestled in in high school right who wrestled anybody wrestle here in high school i wrestled in high school and uh i was actually pretty good i i I lettered my sophomore year i think i was actually i was a i was a lot smaller and thinner back then um, and it looked pretty good. And I remember wrestling. And wrestling is one of the hardest sports that you ever do, right? It, it really is. It, it like it's a, a wrestling match is only about like three, four minutes. But within those like like three, four, five minutes, you are literally like picking up and carrying a person that isn't just like dead weight, but is like actually doing everything he can to like make you submit. And so it, it's it's this like fight where for for like five minutes. You're, you're literally, like, like, doing everything you can to get this person and pin him to the ground. And I remember having to train for wrestling is, like, people with football players would look at us and be like, you guys are crazy. Because we would have to, like, literally train for three hours in the wrestling room that would turn on the heaters. We had these T-heaters up on the ceiling, and the coach would turn on the heater so it's, like, 110 degrees in there, right? And we would literally have to sweat and pick people up for three hours. Take a break, sweat, and, and, and we will get to this place where we're in this physical condition where we, for five minutes, we're gonna try to fight another person hand on hand. And it, I remember it was one of the one, the hardest things that I've ever done. It, it like I, I had a match where I, I we struggled for the whole match for the whole three periods that we had to fight, and at the end nobody won, right? And it came down to like points. And I remember at the end of that. Like, my body was just, like, completely exhausted, and it was spent. I don't, don't, like, I couldn't, like, I remember somebody gave me a thing of water, and I couldn't, I, I like, couldn't get it to my mouth. I remember doing this. (laughs) Like, I couldn't, like, get the bottle of water into my mouth because I was so tired and I was so spent. But that's actually the word that Paul uses to describe this fight. Like, it's like a, it's it's a wrestling. It's, it's 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 a war, it's a battle where we're really fighting with, Everything that we have, everything that is within us, we are fighting this war, and it's a fight. And that is what Paul says we are in. We are in a fight. And let me tell you, if you're going to continue to follow Jesus, you're going to be, you know, like, you're gonna, and you're going to be picking up that cross that Jesus said, like, you know, if you, like if you want to follow me, you got to pick up your cross daily and follow me. You know, if you want to pick up that cross, it's going to be a fight. You know, Jesus said that His yoke is light, right? He says that his yoke is light and it is. We're not under the law. The yoke that Jesus places on us is light. You know, we don't have to like go through all of these like you know, hoops and all of these things to like get right with the Lord. We just we are made right by faith, right? But it never meant that the struggle that we have against the enemy was going to be easy. It was never it was never said that, that we would not find persecution. We would not find struggles in our lives, right? And picking up the cross every day it's actually gonna be a battle sometimes. It's gonna be a fight. Why? Because we have a we have an opponent. We we're not just fighting like air and dust. We're, we're actually fighting an opponent. There is an actually an enemy that is out to kill, steal, and destroy you. That's first John ten right? ten. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But not just the enemy, but all the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. It's a force as Satan and his minions and his force, and they're actually organized, they're intelligent, and they're actually coming against you to do everything they can to take you off of your path, take you off of your path that God has you on and make you fall down and and make you stumble and make you walk another path that's going to lead you to sin and death. And Paul tells us to keep this in mind and be prepared for it because it's a fight and there is a real enemy that's trying trying everything that he can do to keep you from doing the will of God. It's the devil and his minions, and they are real. And he says, put on the full armor of God and stand against the schemes of the devil. And Paul brings us into the spiritual battle that we're all part of. Because when we were saved, right, when we became a Christian, we we got a savior, but we also incurred like an enemy, right? You know what I mean, like when we got when when Jesus became our savior, right? Satan like took notice of us. Right? You got to stay with me here, right? Because Satan is not like all concerned about all the dudes going to the brothels, right? Do you think that Satan worries about all of the guys that are going to prostitutes? Do you think that Satan worries about all of the guys all of the people that are in the clubs, been doing all debauchers, getting drunk, doing drugs. Do you think Satan is worried about them? No, right? He he could just put it on like on cruise control, you know, like put that on simmer and just let those people just kind of like just, just follow their path down to destruction and death, right? Satan is not worried about those people. Satan is not worried about all the guys at the strip clubs putting dollar bills and girls' g strings. Right? He's worried about righteous people. He's worried about the church. He's worried about you and me. When he sees us, he's like, oh... Like, like when you were saved, he was like, oh? Uh-huh. Like, oh, Elizabeth over there. I got, I got, I got a scheme against her. Well, she might actually turn out to be really righteous and start to foil my plans. She might get, like, 10, 20 people saved, and those people might get another 10, 20 people saved, and they're going to be a revival, and all of a sudden, my work is not going to be as easy as I thought it was going to be, right? So it's Satan... He takes notice of of the righteous. He takes notice of the people of God. He's not worried about the atheists. He doesn't have to worry about the people that reject Jesus. But his schemes and his tactics are against us. His schemes and his tactics are against the righteous. And he goes out of his way to oppose us and to fight us and to battle us. And he is continually planning and scheming to perpetuate the mindset that we don't need God. We don't want God to just fall, fall into sin and walk down that path that's going to lead us to death. And Paul is telling us, know your enemy. Who remembers that song from Rage Against the Machine? Anybody? Right. Know your enemy. You guys have to know that who you are fighting. You guys have to know who is against you. You have to have to know where those tactics are coming from and what those tactics are going to look like. Know your enemy. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, Peter 5.8, be sober-minded, be watchful, 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 <laughs> your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to defo- devour, that's Satan, he's an angel of light, he can be all like shiny and glittery, but at, behind that angel of light is a roaring he's a, like a, a, a like a death machine that wants to kill, steal, and destroy you, so that is the devil. And we have to be aware of his schemes. We have to be aware that like, th- this battle is not necessarily with people. It's, it's going to involve people. There's going to be p- people that oppose us and, and get in our way, but actually the, the, the battle that, it, that we are against, the battle that we're fighting is not so much against people, but it's against these spiritual forces, these demonic forces out there that are trying to ha- cause us to walk down this path of destruction. Because we're actually called to love people. Right? We're, we're called to love people. Well, this person is like persecuting me. This person is like hates me. This person doesn't want anything to do with me. This person is opposing everything that I do. Yeah, but you have to understand, it's not that person. That is, that person, right, is being influenced by all of these dark forces out there. That's that's causing them to act this way. And the, and the battle, the fight that we are on is not against so much people, right? But it's actually against these spiritual forces that are, that are wanting to, for us to fall off our path and follow destruction. So we have to be aware of his schemes. But today, in our modern times, the devil has been reduced. He's actually hidden himself. And he loves it when we fall into these two categories, right? A lot of times people fall into these two categories. One, the devil doesn't exist. Evil doesn't exist. And the other one is devil is everywhere. And both of these mindsets, both of this kind of thinking, Satan actually loves it. Because both of these mindsets reduce the devil and minimizes our involvement and our struggle against the devil and his minions. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis uh, in, in the screw tape letters, in the intro of the screw tape letter, and it says there are, Two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devil. One is disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. Meaning, we either don't believe in the devil, right? The devil doesn't exist. It all has to do with like psychology, our mindset. It all has to do with how we were raised. It all has to do with like what kind of environment we came from. It all has to do with like brain chemistry and, and all of these things, all watching too many horror movies, playing too many video games. Right? Like that's the issue, right? There is no spiritual realm. There is no devil. There is no evil. It's just human beings doing what human beings do. We attribute everything like to our psyche, our mindset, and said if you take a pill... You'll feel better if you take some medication. Yes, you know, th- these are important things. Right? Mental health is very important. Right? Mental health is very important. We all have to find mental health. Right? We, like, you know, we're, we're getting a sabbatical pretty soon. And one of the things that we want to do in our sabbatical is get some counseling and like, figure out some of the things that is happening in our lives recently. Right? It's all important to like, try to figure out and find mental health. And, and if somebody is actually has like a mental issue, then taking pills is, is, is actually okay. And to get to that place of of being normal and being being like mentally stable, but we have to also know that there is a spiritual realm where the devil and his minions are out to make us think and and and, and process things in a completely different way. So, the one one of the ways that we think, and it's the wrong way of thinking, is that the devil doesn't exist. The devil has nothing to do; it's just a myth. Right? And the other way is the devil is everywhere. That time when I stubbed my toe, that was the devil. That time that we got into that car accident, it was the devil. That time where me and Mina got in a fight and I yelled at her, that was the devil. And then we, we attribute everything to the devil. Every negative thing that happens in our life is, is the devil. And both of these ways of thinking minimizes the devil's influence and schemes in our lives. And it keeps us from being aware and fighting. It keeps us from warring against the tactics of the enemy the one turns the devil into a myth, he's a myth. He doesn't exist. The other one turns him into a superstition. And both minimalizes the devil. If we see the devil as superstition, right, we're just going to be like, oh, that's the devil. Like like something bad happens to me, oh, that's the devil. I have no, I, I can't, I have nothing. What can I do? It's the devil, right? And it just becomes superstition, right? Like, like, And then we, 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 we fail to take responsibility for our sins. Or like like I like yell and, and you know like like be all mean to Mina and I'm like ah you, you, you suck and I and I go home and I was the devil, devil made me do it. I, I just, what can I do right? It turns him it turns him into a superstition. There's no res- taking responsibility in our heart and our mind with with the actual sin that actually may exist in us. So we have to be aware that the devil is very real and his schemes against us are very real. And they are very formidable. They're not a myth like Zeus, Hercules. right? The devil is real. These spiritual forces, our demons are real. Who believes that demons are real? Raise your hand. Right. Who doesn't believe that the demons are real? Right. If you don't believe demons are real, you don't believe half the Bible. Right. All of the Bible, basically. Right? Demons exist. And, they're, and, and their sole purpose is to knock us off of this place where, where we're not following the will of God. It's against the spiritual demonic forces that work with flesh and blood to bring about our opposition, to bring the devil's influence and his rule. And we have to have the right understanding of the devil and his schemes. I love it. There's a sermon by Tim Keller, and he says, I'll I'll paraphrase his, his point here, and he says that we have to have a more nuanced and complex understanding of the devil and evil. We can't just reduce him to nothing, but at the same time, we can't attribute everything to the devil because he then becomes a superstition the devil's delight in both of these understandings of himself because you can't see what he's throwing at you when you think this way right if you think that he doesn't exist you can't see all of the schemes and tactics that the devil is throwing at you and if you think that everything is a devil right then you're never you're never going to be able to pinpoint and see the way that the enemy is trying to attack you and it's trying to fight and try trying to get into your into your heart and in your mind, and, and, and get you to think and process things differently. But the Bible tells us to have a sober understanding of the devil, meaning we have to be aware of his schemes and prepare and live our lives accordingly. We don't go around like afraid of the devil, like, ah, it's the devil! You know? At the same time, we don't underestimate who he actually is and his influence in our lives. So, what are the schemes of the devil? Well, the schemes are based on what the devil does best. And what does the devil do best? What is he known for? Anybody? Lies. The devil is a liar. John 8, 44, you bring to your father the devil, and you want to carry out your, you belong to your father the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding nothing to the truth for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's the devil. So all of Satan's schemes toward us are going to be lies. That's why the word of God is so important for our lives. Because the word of God is what? It's the truth. It tells us about the truth, God's love for us, our standing with God, who we are in Christ, what Jesus has done for us on the cross. These are all truths. These truths never change. And these truths, we know that if we know the truth, we'll be able to understand the lies. That's why the word of God is so important. So we have to have the word of God embedded into into our hearts. It's like a lie detector test, right? This right here is the lie detector test. If we have this in our heart and a lie comes, it's going to be like, beep, lie. So the devil tells you, oh, yee. You, how dare you do this Caleb I thought you were a pastor lie right well, like like you know like oh you know you should just go in and do that Caleb because you know you've been having a hard week and you know and yell at your wife lie mm-hmm. you, this is a lie detector test right here this will help us to, to know and understand what the truth of God is, is in our lives. that's why the word of God is so important that's why we have to have the word of God Write, like for us to write the word of God upon our hearts so that if it's there we're able to know and understand the schemes of the devil because all of Satan's schemes towards us are going to be lies. you know the devil will twist the truth and will pile lie upon lie not only just to lie to us but to deceive us right? to use that lie to to put us on a path away from the truth. The devil does not fight fair. He is diabolical. That's literally a name that he has that comes from his name. That word word diabolical means devil-like. And the devil is devil-like. He's diabolical. He will go out of his way to lie and twist the truth to get us off the path of God. And we have to know that his schemes are rooted in this. His schemes are rooted in the lies that he has against the saints. So how we are able to fight them is to try to weed out all the lies that he's speaking into our lives. We have to know, is this the truth or is this the lie? When we feel, when we, when, when we have these moments of crisis, what's the truth and what is the lie? When you're struggling and you have these these, these thoughts and these things, you say, what, what, what am I to believe? What's the truth in my heart and what's the lie? And it is with truth of God's word that we counter the lies of the, den- of the enemy. And we can't be all like, oh, it's all, just, it's all psychological. And the struggles that you're going through is all psychological. And you just Take a pill, take some of this, and it'll level you out, and you'll start acting Normal can't you can't just blame the issues on how you were raised or the things that you went through in your life a lot of times the struggles that you have in your life the devil is going to use your past traumas the devil will use your past like like you know experiences in your life and actually start to twist it and 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 turn those into lies for you to for you to walk down that that path of destruction and we also can't blame everything on the devil that's the devil. Every t- you know when I yell at Ethan, that's the devil. Yeah, but it's also you gotta take responsibility for your sins, right? You're not at the mercy of the devil and his tactics. A lot of the issues in your life could be that you're not taking responsibility for your faith, you're not picking up that cross, and you're not stepping out in faith. So we have to have a more nuanced and complex understanding of the devil, of Satan, and his minions, and his tactics and his schemes towards us. We have to understand that his whole tactic is based on lies and slander. And we, ha- we have to navigate the different areas of our lives is being able to discern the lies, the, the, to discern the deception, and we counter it by standing on the word of God. You know, we can't just choose to n- not believe in the lives of the de- of the enemy, but we have to counter them with the word of God. It's like a boxer. Who, anybody has anybody boxed before? Who who knows a good boxer? Right? A good boxer dodges and weaves. Right? They do this, right? right? You have to. If, if the punch is coming. You, you get out. You don't just stand there and let let him hit you. Not hurt actually. You don't just stand there and just, just let him knock you around, right? You have to dodge and weave, right? But if dodging and weaving is all you're doing, right, you're never going to win. Right? If, if you're just dodging and weaving all the time and you're just running away from the devil, you're never going to win. You can never win a boxing match by just dodging and weaving. Mayweather almost did, but he still threw punches, right? You, you, when, you, when, you, when you dodge, you got to counter. you got to dodge and punch. Right? You can't just run from the devil all the time, but you got to actually counter with the Word of God. You guys, that, that, that's what Jesus did. When de- when Satan went to Jesus and tempted him, in the, when, when he was fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and the devil went to him, that actually hurt a lot, actually, when he did that. I don't know why. Right? De- devil, devil would give him a lie, right? Like, oh, you're, you're the son of, son of man, right? And you're you're hungry. Turn this stone into bread and eat. He, and, like, and Jesus would, man, does not live by bread alone, by every word that comes out from the mouth of God, right? He he would take those lies that Satan is. said, is giving. He doesn't, doesn't ignore them, but he takes it and he counters with the word of God. right? He's like, I can give you all of this, right? And the you know, devil would give him a lie, and he'd be like, you know what? I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to give you the word of God. And that's what we have to do. Our lives have to be proactive. Right? We can't just play defense all the time with the enemy, but we got to go on the offense. And we got to go on the offense with the word of God. we got to start to really believe this. And not just to believe it, but to, to live the Word of God, to do the Word of God. You don't just hear the Word of God, but you actually have to do the Word of God. We can't just dodge and, 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 and you know, like even like you know, that's like, if, if, if that's all we did, then we would just live a life of just running from the devil. But as we dodge, we have to counter with punches. We counter the lies with the Word of God. That's what the devil is constantly trying to do to us. Tempt us, slander us, discourage us through these lies. And we as the children of God, we have to be aware, we have to be alert to the schemes of the enemy. And it says, put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the schemes of the enemy. Next week we're going to go and we're going to talk about the armor of God. But today I want to talk about the schemes. I want to talk about the tactics of the enemy that he has against us. The lies that Satan loves to use. You know, the Greek word for, for schemes is methodia. That's where we get the w- word method, right? You know, and, and who's seen a cop show they talk about the MO. The right? perps MO, right? MO is modus operandi, right? It's I think it's Latin for like the mode of operation, right? When a criminal does something, right, they they leave a they leave a like a like a signature behind. They leave MOs which are like this is the way that this criminal likes to operate, right? I, that's how, you know, the detective shows on TV will talk about, oh, that's the perp's M.O. That's The that the, w- the way that that criminal does what he does is this. And they're able to figure out and, 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 and attribute certain crimes to this criminal. And they at the end of the, the show, they are able to catch him based on the way that this criminal operates. Right? But we have to understand that the devil has an M.O. The devil has a... a uh, modus operandi. He has a mode of, of operating in which we can actually figure it out. We can actually pinpoint it. And we can actually to counter and, and go against the schemes of the enemy. We have to be aware of the devil's MO. And so what's the first thing that he does? The first way that he schemes against you is he tempts you with lies. He will tempt you with lies about who you are and who God is. How you are like and what God is like. Because at the end of the day, the devil can't make you do anything. If you th- if you think the devil made you do it, it's not true, right? The devil can't make you do anything, right? The devil can't make me stand, pick my arm. Holy Spirit is in me. The devil can't make me do anything, right? But then he can lie to you. He can, he can take little things, little cracks in our armors that we might actually have, and he can actually start to speak into that crack, he can actually lie and deceive us, so that we that the, sa- the Satan is actually a- able to like, lie to us and make us want to do certain things in our lives Tim Keller says that the devil, you know, we, it's not about like us always like, hearing the devil in our ears like, hearing the devil when we talk and think, no, he, he says that The way that the enemy tempts us is that the devil stimulates talk that goes on in your heart. And so you see a pretty girl, and you think, wow, she's pretty. But the more you linger, the devil will stimulate areas in your thinking that will cause you to go down the path of of sin. He didn't make you lust after her, but his lies about you and her and God stimulated that area of your heart and mind that is prone to lust. In Ephesians 4, when Paul was talking about all of the sins like unforgiveness and bitterness and wrath that he says, is don't give the devil a foothold. Meaning don't give the devil like a foot in the door. When you're trying to close that door, don't let the devil like stick his foot out and stop the door. Don't give him an opportunity for you to, 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 to speak these lies into your lives. Closing that door. You got to close that door. And he will tempt us with these lies. And, and and those lies of temptations are lies about God and his holiness, lies about grace, lies about the effects of sin, lies about Jesus, lies about the power of his blood, lies about being a new creation. And he will use these lies to make you feel like it's okay to sin. He will use these lies to make you rationalize sin. Because don't worry about God, about God, he will forgive you. That's his job right? everyone is doing it so I, I might as well do it you know, gr- there's grace God has grace for me right where I, I'm doing all of these great things in my life you know I'm a pastor the pastors fall into this all day. I'm a pastor and, and I'm leading all of these people and and I'm shepherding all of these people and they all these people are getting saved and all these people are, are or, you know, like they're they're coming to learn know Lo, the Lord. I should be able to have this affair, right? Or treat people poorly. Or this, I've been pure for so long. I think it's okay for me to sin this one time. These are all lies that Satan tries to use to cause us to think and knock us off our identity in Christ and who God is and what He is like. Just like when Satan tempted Jesus, he will use some truth to twist into a lie so that it's more believable for us. And we'll use God's grace, God's forgiveness. He'll use God's laws, right? When you say, you know what? I've been pure for so long. You know what you're standing on? You're standing on the law. When you say, you know what? I haven't done these like bad things in so long. You know what? You're just basically proclaiming over yourself. You're proclaiming the law over yourself. When you think that you've, you've been righteous, I've been righteous for so long, God. right? And you're basically putting the law on yourself. And, and Satan will use these, these tactics, these lies, and will tempt us into walking down the path that leads to sin. And if he's successful at it, it will lead us to our death. The Bible says the wages of sin is what? It's death. But the lie doesn't seem that bad. He will forgive you. Don't worry. You deserve this. You've been go- doing good for so long. And those words don't feel like it's going to lead me to death. But the Bible says that it leads us to death. The, the devil will try to tempt you in ways where where you actually feel like it's the right thing to do. It will make you rationalize sin. And these are the lies that are coming into your mind. and you got to be able to fight those off. Fight it with the word of god another way that the, the devil likes to use his lies to scheme against us it, it, it's in his name the devil the word devil means false accuser so he will lie and he will accuse us and he will use these ac- accusations and and false understandings of ourselves and about god and and doing so he, he's going to try to lead us down this Revelation 12.10, it says, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. Satan is an accuser. And Satan will use his lies to accuse you, shame you. you know, shame is from the devil. Holy Spirit convicts the devil's shame. Holy Spirit convicts our hearts. The devil shames us. Conviction points to our sins. Shame points to us. So when Holy Spirit convicts you, he's like, Ted, that sin that you have in your heart needs to go. But when the devil shames us, he's like, Ted, you're a bad person. Ted, you're you're a sinner. Tiffany, you're a sinner. You're bad. That's shame, right? Shame... The devil says that we are, are, are we all, are, that we are, don't belong to God. That we all are not Christians. That we all are not saved. Holy Spirit convicts our sins. So he'll point out the sin. He's like, hey, that sin in your heart needs to go. And and when you feel the Holy Spirit, there'll be conviction in your heart. It's not going to feel like shame. God doesn't shame us. God's not going to be like, oh, how dare you, Caleb? How dare you think that way? No. Holy Spirit convicts our hearts. It's the devil that shames us. And the lie of accusation that starts, it starts from the truth and he'll twist it into a lie and you use this shame and and, and accusation to ultimately discourage us. Christians don't think that way. They don't act that way. How how are you going to call yourself a Christian? What you did was so bad. What you did was so unforgivable that even God can't forgive you. God's gonna punish you for what you did. We feel that a lot, right? We feel constantly that God's gonna punish us. No, that's not from the, that's not from the Lord. God disciplines His children. God disciplines the one He loves. He's, he's not gonna punish us. Man. He's not. He doesn't have a tally in heaven. He's like, oh, Michael did this on this day. Hmm, I will punish him on this day by making his day-day really, really bad, right? And God's not going to do that, right? God disciplines the one he loves, but he's not going to punish us. And the devil will use his lies to get us to a place where we don't feel God's love. We feel his condemnation, which is his life. We don't feel God's grace, but we feel his punishment. We don't feel the power of, of, the, of the gospel and, and the Holy Spirit within us. We feel fleshly. We feel... Natural, we feel like we just want to give up and quit and just sin. That's what the devil is going to do to constantly accuse you. He will accuse you until you actually just just get so discouraged and you just give up. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of good and righteous people that have, that have been so on fire for the Lord. They get into this place where they just feel so discouraged. And they just feel so just, ah, oh, and then I see them give up. And I see them walk down these paths where they just like, don't follow Jesus anymore. Once again, the devil will use some truth. This is his tactic. He'll use some truth. Yes, we're sinners. He will twist it into a lie. He'll scheme against us, to deceive us, make us focus on our sins and keep our eyes from looking at God. Yes, we are sinners, but He loved us sinners so much that He sent His Son to die on the cross for our sins. And it says in the Bible that Jesus, for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross. I mean, as He looked at the cross, He said, Oh, man, I get to do this. You know why? It's not because He was a, a He was a glutton for punishment, because He knew that if He hung on that cross, and He died, and He rise, He comes to life again, that He would be able to be, be with us. That like we would be with him. If we put our faith in him, he, will, he, he wants to be with us. You know, I go on vacation. I go on a vacation in December, and I'll see my parents and my and my sister and my nieces and nephew. I haven't seen them in like a lo- very long time. I'm so excited to see them. You know, like when you guys go back home, some of you live in Korea, and you guys have that plane ticket, and you're on your way to South Africa, it's like, oh, man he's you know, like, uh, two weeks from now, I get to see my mom, I got to see my sister. I can't wait. You know that excitement that you feel? Jesus feels that when he looks at us. He's like, ah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see Amanda. I, I can't wait to, like, the, the, me and Amanda can stand face to face. And she's able to see all of my glory. Right? That's, that's the type of love and joy. And that's the type of, like, grace that he has for us. Right? He loved us so much that he endured the cross because he actually wanted to be with us. That is the truth. The truth is that if we confess our sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9, that is the truth, right? That's the truth of God. That's that's what we have to have written in our hearts, that if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the truth, right? But then the devil will take a little bit of that truth, twist it into a lie and start to accuse you, and, and say all of these things told you, where you start to just give up quit and to be like you know what it might as well just be easier to just go and sin so we have to have the word established into our hearts he'll, he'll pile lie upon lie upon us so that we develop these strongholds in our minds we think certain things in our lives when we feel this way we get discouraged and we sin but well, we have to be aware of his schemes. We have to be aware of his MO. We have to break the lies and not just not believe. But we have to stand on the truth. We have to stand on the Word of God. You can't just dodge His punches. And what is the truth? The truth is the gospel. Paul says to put on the armor of God. I want to tell you the the answer for next week's sermon is the gospel. The armor of God is basically all of the things that is available to us because of what? The gospel, right? We have this armor, we have this the breastplate, we have the sword of truth, we have all of these amazing things that's available to us. Why? Because Jesus Christ came, died on the cross for our sins, and now we are one with Him. That is the gospel, and that truth, that's the truth of God that we need to stand on. That we are flawed, we are sinners. That we, can't, that we are so sinful that we can't even imagine. That we can't save ourselves. That we are destined for death and hell. But at the same time, we are so loved by God. So loved by Him. He loves us so much that even while we were sinners, even while we were in the midst of all of this sin and all of this, this nasty stuff, God, Jesus Christ, came down to earth and He died for us even while we were sinners. That He loves us and He cherishes us so much that you don't have to try to make yourself clean before jesus we just have to stand before him and say jesus i put my hope and faith in you and i I ask you that you'll forgive me and you know what he will he's faithful and just he will forgive you if you stand before the lord you repent you turn away from sin and you turn to jesus and say i want to live my life for you he will forgive you that's the truth of god that's the gospel that's whatever lies of the enemy, that that enemy Satan is trying to throw at us, you know what's going to help us to stand is that you know what? No matter what sin is in my life, Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And 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 he loves me so much that that he loves me so much that, that there's nothing that in this world that can separate me from him. And then, and and so that no matter what arrows are being thrown our, our way, we can actually stand on the truth that he loves me. I'm gonna live my life for that's the truth of God we can't live our lives with, from fear of the devil and what he can do to us But we have to stand firm on the word of God we have to fight we have to wrestle we have to rage war against the demonic forces that are trying to lead us down this path of death and destruction we can't just ignore the devil the devil is just not going to go away We have to fight. And we can't overestimate Him. We can't underestimate Him. We have to stand on the Word of God. The Bible says what? James 4, 7, it says, Resist the devil and he will what? Resist the devil and the devil will leave you alone. Is that what it says? Resist the devil and the devil won't bother you anymore. No, it says resist the devil and he will what from you? He will flee from you. He will run away from you. If you resist the devil, he will flee from you. He'll realize, oh, I can't, it's not not working, and he's going to run away. (laughs) We are called to possess the gates of the enemy. We have to know that in Christ, we already have the victory, that we're already victorious because of what Christ has done. The gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of God that is in our lives is actually the, the armor. It's the thing that's going to keep us from actually believing the lies of the enemy that are being thrown at us. The schemes of the enemy that's trying to get us to think this way and, oh, I'm just going to go and sin. The, the schemes of the enemy that's going to come and just tempt us. And, hey, it's all right if you do that. You know what? If you do that, it's okay because Jesus is going to forgive you. It's, it's, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that's in our lives that's going to cause us to have the truth established in our hearts so that when those lies come, like that bulletproof vest, like lies, ping, lies, ping. Because we have something that, that is not from us, it's from God. And God and His truth is, is, the, is the only thing that's going to actually fight against the lies of the enemy. Because our sinful nature, you guys, we all have a sinful nature. And our sinful nature is actually like tuned into all of the arrows of the enemy. You know that? Like the, the enemy. Has these arrows that are like, like you know, you know, like those those heat-seeking rockets that the the the, the airplanes have? When you're, you, they go and it's like locked on. And it's like and it's trying to run away, but it's still able to find it. It comes back, like you know, like there, you know, those heat-seeking rockets. Well, the the enemy has arrows that are are have like that has your number, right? It's tuned to your fleshly nature. It's tuned to your sinful nature. You're sinful, your fleshliness, right? The, if, if the enemy throws a lie, right, it's like stick them. It's going to stick right onto that sinful nature. It's because that's, that's what it's based off of. It's based off of, of that nature. But then if we start to walk in grace, if we start to walk in the Spirit, we kill our flesh and we, we walk and we stand on the Spirit of God, right? those arrows will bounce right off. We have to understand. That Jesus Christ and what he has done is the ultimate defense against the lies and schemes of the enemy. Let's all stand up.